Good morning, Orlando. Great to be back with you on the 50,000-watt front porch on a Thursday morning. Here at 6 o'clock, time for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. It's good to have you back, Bud Man. I'm Deborah Roberts, and our top stories this morning. Central Florida says goodbye to two slain officers, and the governor of Texas declares a disaster as Tropical Storm Harvey nears. We'll have those details coming up in one minute. And I say Trump should go to the wall for the wall. My take and yours in our opening segment of Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. Friends, family, and colleagues and law enforcement will attend today's funeral services for two slain Kissimmee police officers. Officer Matthew Baxter and Sergeant Sam Howard died after being shot in the line of duty last Friday night. A funeral procession starts at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, followed by services at 11 a.m. at First Baptist of Orlando on South John Yum Parkway. Governor Rick Scott has ordered flags to be flown at half-staff at the Osceola County Courthouse, the Kissimmee Police Department, and Kissimmee City Hall to honor Baxter and Howard. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A man's death after a standoff with police, meanwhile, is a sign of what the NAACP calls a broken mental health care system. Daytona Beach Police Chief Craig Capri said yesterday that the medical examiner ruled the death of Shikari Willis was from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. A police officer fired at least four shots at Willis during an armed standoff Tuesday, but none of the shots hit him. Willis had a history of what his family calls psychedelic episodes, and the Florida NAACP tells the Daytona Beach News Journal the city's mental health system failed Willis. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is declaring a state of disaster for 30 counties as Tropical Depression Harvey takes aim at the Lone Star State. Abbott said he's taking the preemptive action today to help Texans prepare in case of an emergency. But the National Weather Service has issued a hurricane watch for the region between Galveston and Victoria. Meanwhile, officials in Houston are preparing for heavy rains and possible street flooding. Forecasters say the storm is gaining strength in the Gulf and could become a hurricane and our season's first hurricane to make landfall in the U.S. before it makes landfall sometime between Friday or Saturday. The Texas Gulf Coast could see 10 to 15 inches of rain from the storm, but that's considered a rather... uh, that's the estimate. It's a low estimate from what they're really expecting. They're saying two feet of rain easily. That's like biblical proportions in terms of the flooding you might well expect in the low-lying areas of uh, coastal Texas. So we got a little thing off the southwest coast of Florida right now, but nothing like we were dealing with, uh, well, a quarter century ago. Exactly. But then and again, what we have swirling off the southwestern coast just shows again why we can't take our eye off the tropics or assume that because of what the models show that we know where it's going to go or what it's going to do, because today marks 25 years since Hurricane Andrew made landfall in southern Miami-Dade County and changed the lives of the South Floridians who lived through it. Andrew came a fall in the South Dade neighborhoods of Kendall and Country Walk during the late nine hours of Sunday, August 24th, back in 1992. And Dennis Felkin of the National Hurricane Center in Miami says Andrew proved that a quote-unquote slow hurricane season can produce a catastrophic storm and that these storms can power up quickly. This was a storm that just a couple of days before looked like it was going to completely dissipate thanks to some dry air and some wind shear, but it made a comeback. And as a classic example of a problem we still face today, and that's 
forecasting rapid intensification and went from a mild-mannered tropical storm to a Category 5 hurricane in less than two days. And that's something I forgot about, Andrew. You, we think about the devastation. We think about the money it costs. We think about how it completely changed the map of South Florida. Mm-hmm. But we forget that it went from a mild-mannered tropical storm like what's sitting off the coast of southwest Florida into a Cat 5 in two days. Not saying, of course, that that's what's going to happen to that system, but it just shows, again, you cannot take your eyes off the tropics until November 30th, and in some cases, even in 2004, well into December, when we had to go into Greek names because we'd run out of the... Uh, I remember that. We'd run out of the uh, alphabet. That's absolutely right, and now we're ramping up toward the statistical peak of the hurricane season about the 10th of September, and now is when you really need to be vigilant, and we'll be there for you. Yeah, and for those who weren't here, the uh, Andrews 165-mile-per-hour winds and 18-foot storm surge demolished hundreds of homes and businesses, prompted the state to create some of the most stringent building codes in the country for new construction. 26 people died in the Bahamas, Florida, and Louisiana when the storm dissipated, and if the loss of life wasn't enough, Andrew also caused $26 billion in damage to South Florida alone. And they say now, uh, forecasters say now, that if there had been a category stronger than five, that would have been Andrew. Yeah, it was really an extraordinary situation there. And if it had been a little bit further north, just a Uh, little bit, it would have been a direct hit on Miami and would have broken all of the records. And it would have been unimaginable devastation and loss of life. We all know how close we came to something even far worse than Andrew was. You're right. In fact, we could still be recovering if Andrew had been a little bit more north and it hit any of those heavily populated areas instead of someplace like Homestead. You bet. And finally, someone who bought a ticket in Massachusetts can claim the second biggest Powerball jackpot in history. Yes, that is why we're all here today. We did not win. (laughs) That's after the winning numbers were drawn last night at Florida Lottery Headquarters in Tallahassee. Prior to the drawing, the jackpot climbed to more than $758 million. Mm. The winning numbers, in case you didn't hear, were 6, 7, 16, 23, 26 with the Powerball of four. A ticket uh, purchased here in Florida, though, matched five numbers to win $1 million. Not bad there. I would take it's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. But what we're looking at is one winning ticket outside Boston is where it was purchased. Whether it's one person or an office full of people dividing it, the money is just flat out unimaginable, isn't it? Three quarters of a billion dollars. Seriously, when you consider that your take-home pay is going to be greater than what the odds were that you were going to win. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I thought of it that You're way. You're going to be taking home like between six, I believe, six fifty. Yeah. Take home six hundred and fifty million. Yeah. That'll, yeah. that'll that'll cover you. Uh, WFLA news time at six oh eight. Read about DNA evidence saving a man from execution with only hours to spare at one zero two five WFLA dot com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando back to full prescription strength starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And great to be back with you here. Hopped up to Nashville to see a total eclipse of the sun with the family. Linda and I had a great, great time with our daughter, son in law, a couple of grandkids, and assorted relatives. One minute and 14 seconds of totality that we will never forget. I'll talk about it in detail later in this hour. There were some remarkable aspects to that experience, Deb. And as I think I may have mentioned before we left, I promised myself 38 years ago, and as a young reporter, I somehow managed to be out in Winnipeg, Canada, covering the last total eclipse of the sun in North America in 1979. And I knew then... 
because they project these things out forever, that 2017, if the good Lord would allow, I'd find a way to see another one. And, and, and we were blessed to be able to do that. I thought about you Monday afternoon as I was watching ABC News coverage as they followed the eclipse from Portland, Oregon, all the way to Charleston, South Carolina, yeah. and they made a stop in Nashville. And it was I was very excited to see you guys, that you were able to get the payoff that I know that you've been waiting 38 years to see. Yeah, it was fantastic. Talk about it a little bit later on. And uh, in the meantime, well, you may say, like you did very kindly, that we're back to full prescription strength. But I think we've been there. We've got great bench strength here. Thanks to Yaffe for handling hosting duties on a couple of shows. He's in the control room. Uh, executive producing for us this morning. And Mark Logus as well was in the chair. And I thank them both. So we roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Topic number one on a jam-packed show. I, I want Trump to go to the wall for the wall. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about here in a moment and see what you think. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. In that incredible rally out in Phoenix, Arizona on Tuesday that I know you, they've been talking about in my absence here on the morning show, I don't have to go back over the tale of three speeches with the president this week on uh, Afghanistan, the rally out in Phoenix, and the American Legion uh, speech with heavy emphasis on improving the lot of our veterans, which the president has promised to do. He also has promised, of course, that he's going to build a wall along the southern border of the United States. He's got a lot of resistance, not only from the Democrats, of course, um, which are totally opposed to anything he wants to do. I mean, they're opposed to him, you know, opening his eyes and getting up in the morning, for crying out loud. And they got a lot of resistance among the Republicans as well. But you heard this from President Trump in Phoenix on Tuesday, remember? We are building a wall on the southern border, which is absolutely necessary. Now, the obstructionist Democrats would like us not to do it, but believe me, if we have to close down our government, we're building that wall. Let me be very clear to Democrats in Congress who oppose a border wall and stand in the way of border security. You are putting all of America's safety at risk. I'll tell you how the wall ought to be sold across party lines in Congress. To me, it's a total no-brainer. I don't understand all of this opposition to a wall along the southern border. But I can tell you this. I want the president to go right to the wall, and I think he can get them to cave in Congress by saying if they pass a spending measure by the end of September, which they have to do to keep the government afloat and to keep us from defaulting on our debts, that the president ought to say, unless I have adequate funding for the wall in there, I'm vetoing this. They will not have the votes for an override, and it will just terrify Congress to be saddled with that. Okay? And they will cave and put the money in. And I would play some hard-core, bare-knuckle politics with this and push them to the wall for the wall. And why do we need a wall? I don't understand all of this rampant opposition to it, except that it is really more than anything Trump derangement syndrome on display. But if you don't buy into the wall to cut out illegal immigration into this country across the border, if you don't buy into the wall for stopping terrorists from having an open door across the largely unguarded southern border, Buy into it to save this country 
from the drug, drug epidemic, the opioid crisis. Most of those drugs that come into this country and are killing Americans and Floridians in alarming rates day after day after day, you can shut it down. Walls work. You should be able to sell that part of it, the drug issue, across party lines and get this done. Mr. President, go to the wall for the wall, but sell it to the wimps who don't care about securing the border from illegal immigrants or terrorists. Sell it on the basis of saving American lives being lost to the opioid drug crisis with those drugs largely flowing across the Mexican border. Let's go to the wall for the wall, Mr. President. What say you? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Are you with me or against me? Let's talk. I made my case for the president going to the wall and an all-out threat to shut the government down to get the funding to build it along the southern border to knock out the illegal immigration traffic, to knock out the potential for terrorists coming across the border, and to stop the drugs. Seems to me you ought to be able to sell item number three to the Democrats or to anybody across party lines. Let's go to the phones in a moment. And first, though, I want Yaffe to weigh in on this, because we don't always see quite eye to eye on this wall issue. Mike, what are you thinking this morning? Since when do we not see eye to eye on the wall? I'm totally for the wall. Oh, I don't know. I've been off a few days. I can't remember. When. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. I, you're f- kind of looking at me funny, and I thought, okay, here it comes. <laughs> no, no, I'm totally with Trump. Build okay. a wall. I mean, what he's just putting going, pressure on Congress. Yeah. Well, what about going to the wall and, 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 and on, on the funding issue and saying, I'm vetoing a spending bill if it doesn't include enough money to get this wall built? I don't blame Trump at all. I mean, Paul Ryan, we played on this show had a commercial where he said we need to build the wall. Right. So what's the issue? Congress needs to pass funding for the wall. Thank you they very need to much. Do it. There we go. All right. Now to Matt in Claremont. Good morning. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch. Welcome aboard, Matt. Hey, welcome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, but we, we win more by governing. So I would rather see – I don't. I want the wall, but I don't want it to see the lost time. Uh, we need to have him governing when we need that budget passed and the tax cut, and we, you know, and then he can go to hold rallies in those congressmen and senators' states. All right, so no government shutdown to get the funding of the wall. Although I think Congress, uh, no, I think, I, I think they'd fold on it. I think they'd fold on it in a heartbeat. I think well, they'd be terrified of the political look, ramifications. You don't want to give them the opportunity to grandstand. And that's what they would do. Jeff Flake is going to get beat in this primary, and that's when our victory is going to start. We're already winning. We're winning if you saw the rally in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. I mean. I, 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 I broke up my vacation to watch the rally in Phoenix, and I have I know, no regrets. I, I thought it was also. great. It was terrific. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. However, Bertha from DeLand says here, mad about the wall. Go ahead, Bertha. Good morning and welcome back. Thank you, darling. I missed you. I okay. 
Now, the loudest voice for the wall is Ann Coulter. She's made a lot of money within the book she wrote in Trump We Trust. Let her put in some money and get all of the president and her rich friends to build the wall because he said Mexico was going to do it, and why should we, the taxpayer, be on the hook for the wall? Oh, I think, it's a, I think it's a bargain. I think the, the wall's a bargain. It's not where all the drugs are coming into this country. Oh, a lot of them are, the overwhelming and, percentage. Well, you know what? We, You and Yappy don't like a lot of taxpayers' money. Why would you want to let us be on the hook? for the war. I'll tell you Let one thing, Bertha. To put in some money and Bertha, get our people to do it. Bertha, Bertha, here's the yeah. deal, okay? On the drug issue, what an investment this is to build that wall and to save lives and the endless drug treatment of addicts and families destroyed. This pays for itself on that basis, even if the president cannot get Mexico to pay for the wall. Text line, Yaffe, what do you see there? Uh, yes, but one person says, I fully agree with you, bud. If shutting down the government is what it takes to get the funding for the wall, so be it. The GOP is going to get slaughtered in the midterms if they don't start doing what they said they would. There you go. There you go. All right, fair enough. Now, listen, um, we got a lot more coming down the pike here. Next half hour, you're going to have a chance to win a nice prize playing sound judgment. Okay. What is the prize, Yaffe? We got we got a hotel stay. Yes, on. we have a hotel stay today. Oh, fantastic. For your family, for you, you got a night at a great hotel chain on us if you want our sound judgment game. It's coming up in the next half hour. I'll also share a little bit of my experience. I was away a few days purposely to go see the family in Nashville and take in the total eclipse of the sun, and we got to see it. And I've got a few things I'd like to share with you. So all of that is coming up. My co-host and partner, Deborah Roberts, alongside me right now with the very latest chapter in a very sad story we've all been following. Deb? Yes, hearts will be heavy, bud, and traffic busy this morning as Central Florida prepares to say goodbye to two fallen heroes. Kissimmee Police Officer Matthew Baxter and Sergeant Sam Howard died after being shot in the line of duty last Friday night. A funeral procession will start at 9 a.m., followed by services at 11 at First Baptist of Orlando on South John Young Parkway. In the meantime, another Kissimmee police officer is getting praise for a touching tribute to his fallen colleagues. Someone posted a video online of Sergeant Matt Kosky cleaning the blood of those two police officers off the sidewalk where they were shot last week. Many who saw the video were touched by the scene, but Kosky says he was just trying to do something to ease the pain. He tells the Orlando Sentinel, as difficult as it was, it needed to be done. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A political icon from the Florida Panhandle dies in a one-car crash in Okaloosa County. Greg Evers was a farmer from the small town of Baker who spent 16 years in the legislature. He responded to a series of murders behind bars by leading the charge for prison reform. We want to get to the bottom of it. We're tired of reading about an inmate uh, that expired on our watch and the blood's on our hands. Evers was also a staunch defender of gun rights, sponsoring a bill that would have allowed concealed carry at public schools. This is take your gun to, the, to school day. Evers even made national headlines last year by sponsoring a raffle on Facebook for a semi-automatic weapon just a few days after the massacre at Pulse Nightclub. He was 62. Rick Flagg, News Radio 1025 WFLA. And the bizarre reports of a sonic weapon allegedly turned on American and Canadian diplomats in Havana, Cuba, are getting more and more curious, if not disturbing, by the day. Medical files reviewed by CBS News and reported in Gizmodo, Australia today revealed a slew of physical symptoms associated with the mysterious 
covert sonic device that reportedly operates outside the range of audible sound, including some as serious as mild traumatic brain injury and with likely damage to the central nervous system. This is a story, bud, that while you were out, uh, had broken, and Mike and I had, were talking about it and talking about how terribly frightening this is. The symptoms were previously described as hearing loss, nausea, headaches, and balance disorders, and at least one envoy is said to now require the use of a hearing aid. An unnamed American doctor who participated in evaluations has warned of health risks to those further exposed. Now, the University of Miami has also confirmed that its physicians were consulted by the U.S. State Department, which yesterday said they are very concerned about this attack and have called it unprecedented, so much so that a number of diplomats have reportedly resigned to leave their posts in response to these attacks. CNN has reported, citing a government source, that as many as 10 American and five Canadian diplomats and their family members have been treated for various symptoms. They were flown out of Havana, Cuba, and brought to Jackson Memorial in uh, Miami to receive the treatment that they need that they couldn't receive on the island. And what's most frightening, perhaps, is we got to get a handle on what this weapon is, what it looks like. Is it portable? Could it be used anywhere here in the States? Yes, absolutely. This is an attack that uh, has caused so much concern in Washington that they've uh, kicked out two Cuban diplomats that were here in the States until they can get a handle on this situation. More to come on this. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. And let's go northward to New York City and bring her in live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in Manhattan. Good morning to you, Gina. Good morning, bud, and welcome back. Well, thank you very much. I've been out of touch with the family up in Nashville. Going to talk more about our total eclipse experience in the next segment. So I'm pretty much clueless on the stuff you (laughs) enlighten us on every morning. So go ahead with our look at the stock picture, if you will. Okay, well, we have the stock futures indicating a higher Wall Street open ahead of the annual Central Bankers Conference getting underway today in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We have reports on jobless claims and consumer comfort to watch for home sales as well. That's previously owned homes. Yesterday, we had a pullback on Wall Street, but there was a rally the day before. Uh, the Dow yesterday down 88 points to 21,812. The S&P down 8 to 24.44. And the NASDAQ down 19. The Bloomberg Orlando index was down about 8 tenths percent. wasn't too long ago you were telling us about Amazon's mammoth bid to buy Whole Foods. And we've got the latest chapter on that story this morning, don't we, Gina? Yes, we do. That proposed $13.7 billion purchase has won quick approval by the Federal Trade Commission after the FTC determined that the tie-up would not hurt competition. In the meantime, Whole Foods shareholders also yesterday approved that takeover. The deal still requires approval from Canada. Okay, fair enough. Now we have a Disney story, and that always gets our attention down here in the land of the mouse. Now, I'm familiar with the term virtual reality. Many of you listening are as well. I've never heard of what's called augmented reality that Disney's into. What's the deal here? Well, you remember the big Pokemon Go craze last year? Oh, this yeah. is This is the augmented reality, uh, taking virtual reality a step further. Disney is using all of its media might to make the next Star Wars movie the biggest film of the year, employing that augmented reality and social media in a global campaign to promote The Last Jedi and the related merchandise. Starting September 1st, which Disney again dubs Force Friday, fans can use their smartphones to take part in an augmented reality treasure 
treasure hunt like Pokemon Go. Those posting on social media can win prizes like tickets to the movie's premiere, which is in December. How about that? We'll follow it closely. We're also following um, this tropical storm Harvey now, a tropical depression, is supposed to fire up, become a hurricane, hmm. and head into the Texas Gulf Coast. I've already noticed gas prices are going up here. I understand that there's some concern about the refineries that are in the path of this thing, Gina. Yes, it's forcing workers off Gulf of Mexico platforms, sent cotton on a rally, and has airlines preparing for flight disruptions. The Gulf Coast from Corpus Christi, Texas to Lake Charles, Louisiana is home to almost 30 refineries, making up about 7 million barrels a day of refining capacity, or one-third of the U.S. total. How about that? All right, we'll see what happens with Harvey, and uh, we'll look forward to Gina being with us 24 hours hence for the Friday morning Bloomberg Business Report. Gina, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, bud. You too. All right, coming up here, my one minute, 14 seconds of eclipse totality. I'll remember forever. That in Orlando's news, weather and traffic for you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Managed to kill two big, wonderful birds with one stone uh, and left town last um, Friday to go see our daughter and her family and our grandkids up in, uh, in the Nashville, Tennessee area and to catch the total eclipse of the sun. It was the largest city, Nashville, in the path of totality for the great American solar eclipse. And um, Google Earth informed us that where we were going to be, which was going to be at my son-in-law's place of work because he couldn't get away from there. So we all went up and we stood in the parking lot outside his office in a suburb of Nashville. Google Earth said at that very address, we would have totality, the moon right over the sun, blocking it out, the big black disc, the corona, Bailey's beads, the sun shining through the valleys and the mountains on the edge of the moon, the diamond ring, all of these incredible features you only see when the eclipse of the sun is total. One minute and 14 seconds. It sure went by fast. It was a remarkable scene. Didn't get real dark till just before then, and it never got as dark as some thought. Deep twilight is how I would describe it. The temperature probably dropped 10 degrees and the crickets started chirping all over the place. They thought it was nighttime, and they stopped when the sun came back out. And uh, it, all the street lights and the and the neon signs from nearby buildings that are activated at night when when it gets dark, they all came on and then went off again. It was a remarkable thing to see, and you could see solar prominences, big flares, bigger than the Earth, shooting out of the sun and the bottom of the disc, and uh, and then it was over. Yaffe, uh, I told myself 38 years ago when as a young reporter I managed somehow um, to get the uh, privilege of covering the last solar eclipse in North America in uh, Winnipeg, Canada in uh, 1979 in the dead of winter, almost froze to death, said to myself it was so fabulous, so amazing, and very spiritual to me, and I'll tell you why in a moment, that I, if I, the good Lord would allow... I knew when the next one was that I would see it in 2017, and we were blessed to see it and be able to be there with our family, and that was really terrific. And you know why this is so spiritual to me is it's incredible that we even have total solar eclipses. There is one somewhere on the earth once or twice a year that a given place gets one is a rare event that could be every many hundreds of years, okay? So you generally have to travel to see them. There will be one in Orlando in 2045, by the way, um, but 
the way that the God created the heavens and the earth, the sun and the moon, their relative sizes and distances from one another and the earth make it possible for an almost perfect fit of the moon between the sun and the earth. It's almost like God said, wait till they see this, they're going to love it. You know? And, and, and it's very, very spiritual. It is a miraculous thing that, that leads you to no other conclusion that this is not all by accident. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a miracle. It really is. It's oh, magnificent. And, and you know, uh, they used it as well. They used a sol- uh, total eclipse as well to prove Einstein's theory of relativity. Oh, I Years didn't know ago. that. Yes, they did. Because when it gets dark, you could see um, uh, it has to do with the stars in the distance, and the light would curve around the sun. Oh, by the way, or go towards the. Sun. By the way, some stars came out, and yeah, Venus exactly. came out as bright as it could be, and it was amazing. And our grandkids, age eleven and ten, I know they'll never forget this. We had the the approved glasses, so you could look through the you know, except when it was total, you could look with your naked eye, but right. the rest of the time you you would look through the glasses safely. It was quite a remarkable thing. I'll tell you one other thing that was interesting about this. There were a lot of small towns that were in the path of maximum totality, two minutes and forty seconds or so. There are small towns in the middle of nowhere. They didn't have a problem with traffic. Everybody went there over a period of many, many hours. But then at the end of the eclipse, everyone wanted to leave at the same time. There were mammoth, (laughs) mammoth traffic jams all over Middle Tennessee that went on for hours. (laughs) So So it's like I-4 every day. Pretty much. <laughs> a total nightmare. But for us, it was great. We just kind of hung around the office there and then made our way back home. Um, all right, so that's our story uh, and, uh, you know, my story of one minute and 14 seconds of totality I will never forget. Um, right now, here's an opportunity for you to have, well, I don't know whether it's quite as monumental as a total solar eclipse, but to win a free hotel stay on us playing our sound judgment game. That's our prize today. Tell you more about it in a moment. The only way you can win, you got to have not one sound judgment for the last 30 days, okay? That's the company rule. So we also would welcome new timers, first timers as well. If you want to play the game, you got to get on the phone and get on the 50,000 watt front porch, 407 916 5400. 407 916 5400. We're playing sound judgment, free hotel stay. That's our prize. Ready to go with my Hurricane Andrew-related sound judgment question for you. And if you get the right answer, and the phone line to call is 407-916-5400. Bryce, tell them what they're going to win. You're going to win a one-night stay at the Red Roof Inn or the Red Roof Inn Plus of your choice anywhere in the country. Call 1-800-RED-ROOF or go to www.redroof.com to book your stay. All right, here we go. At this hour, 25 years ago, this very hour, the morning of August 24th, 1992, The area just south of Miami was being devastated by Hurricane Andrew, a Category 5 storm with sustained winds of 165 miles an hour and gusts to nearly 200 that leveled almost everything in its path. Listen to some sound of a Weather Channel reporter out in the path of Andrew, then use your sound judgment to tell me this. How many Category 5 hurricanes, including Andrew, have been known to have hit the U.S.? 
The winds continue to blow us around, and I could uh, pretty well verify that we've probably seen that 120 plus the Hurricane Center, which is not too far from where we're at, had a peak gust of 152. Uh, we have seen palm trees literally bend in one direction and snap back up, uh, upright again. 25 years ago at this very minute, Hurricane Andrew, Cat 5. How many Cat 5 storms have ever been known to hit the United States is our sound judgment question. Let's go to line one. Give me the number, line one. Was it five? No, but thanks for trying. It's not a bad guess. Now, that is an open line. You can get in and win, 407-916-5400. You have to name them. Just tell me the total number of Cat 5 storms ever to hit the United States, and one of them was Andrew. Line two, go ahead. A seven? Nope. Nope. You're going the wrong way, but thank you. 407-916-5400 for the free hotel stay. Get on the line. Line three, you're next. Go ahead. Give me the number. Four. No, but you're pretty close. 407-916-5400. Total number of Category 5 hurricanes ever to strike the United States. Go ahead, line four. Line four. Number three. Yes. You did it. Three. You did it. You Thank did you. it. <laughs> Sounds like you got lucky on that one, right? Yes, I think so. <laughs> well, we're very proud of you. Congratulations. It was Andrew in 1992, Camille in 1969 in Mississippi, and then the great Labor Day hurricane in the Florida Keys in Isla Morada back in 1935. You are our Sound Judgment Game winner. What do you think? I think that's great. Thank you. We think it's great, too. You're going to have a free hotel stay on us at the Red Roof Inn of your choice anywhere in the country, my dear. I'm going to write you a note of congratulations for being our winner, if you'd be kind enough to give me your first name. Helen. Helen? Yes. E-L-L-E-N? No, Helen. H -E -L -E -N. Okay, there we go. I'm just changing that, and uh, there it is. Congratulations to you. Now, don't hang up, Helen. I want okay. you to um, spend a little time off air with Bryce, and he'll make the arrangements, okay? Okay, thank you. Good deal. Terrific. And we're excited for you. Up next, Deborah Roberts checking in with our news at the top of the hour. Central Florida saying goodbye today to two slain officers. And the governor won't stop the executioner. Good morning, Orlando, at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Good to be back with you on the 50,000-watt front porch. And you're just in time for the latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, Central Florida says goodbye to two slain officers. And the governor won't stop the executioner. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Monument madness continues. And ESPN's insanity next on Good Morning Orlando. For Thursday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5, thousands of people are expected to pack the First Baptist Church of Orlando this morning to honor Kissimmee Police Sergeant Sam Howard and Officer Matthew Baxter. Police will escort the bodies of Howard and Baxter from Conrad and Thompson Funeral Home in Kissimmee to the church at about 8 a.m. today. The joint funeral service is scheduled to begin at 11 a.m. again at First Baptist Church of Orlando. Following the service, a police motorcade will escort the officers' bodies to Woodlawn Memorial Park and Funeral Home in Orange County's Gotha neighborhood for burial. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. For the first time in Florida history, a white man will be executed for the death of a black person. 
After a long layoff, the executioner at Florida State Prison is about to go to work. Marcus Say is a white supremacist convicted of the 1987 shooting deaths of two people in Jacksonville. And Governor Rick Scott says he has no intention of intervening during, during the final hours. First off, it's a solemn duty um, to, um, for capital, you know, as governor with capital punishment. What I think about is the victims and their families uh, when I go through that. Assay was spared last year when court struck down portions of Florida's death penalty law. It has since been changed, and this will be the execution under the new death penalty law. It'll also be the first in the country using a new three-drug cocktail for the lethal injection procedure. Meanwhile, a priest's confession is bringing back haunting memories for a Maryland couple. Philip and Barbara Butler spoke out yesterday about a cross-burning incident that happened outside their home in College Park 40 years ago. Attorney Ted Williams says a priest needs to announce who else participated in the cross-burning. He needs to give up other Klansmen or Klanswomen who was involved in putting that cross on the Butler's property. Arlington Diocese priest William Atchison was responsible for that cross-burning incident while he was a member of the KKK. While Father Atchison confessed to his past this week in an open letter, the butlers say he never apologized to them personally or named his accomplices. Forty years ago. A priest. That's the part I can't get past. Absolutely. Yeah. Forty years ago, and it took an open letter last week. He'd mm-hmm. already taken his vows as, as a priest. It yeah. just blows my mind ever since I saw that story. A man accused of trying to drive around a crowd of protesters in St. Louis is facing charges. The protesters were marching last night in support of a transgender woman killed by police the day before during an altercation. Police say the driver tried to go around the protesters when they surrounded the vehicle and started banging on it. He then allegedly drove off, throwing three people who had climbed on the car. He was arrested a block away and charged with felony fleeing. And finally, didn't know if you know this or not, but Florida is number two in the nation in the number of hate groups behind only California. No, I didn't know that. I don't like to hear it either. I don't either. In the wake of the deadly white nationalist rally at Charlottesville, Virginia, the Southern Poverty Law Center reports there are 917 hate groups nationwide. 63 of them can be found in Florida, representing white nationalists, neo-Nazis, and the KKK, among others. More than a dozen hate groups are operating in the Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area, about the same number as here in Central Florida. But the most number of hate groups in Florida can apparently be found in South Florida. Okay, interesting. Disturbing, too. Yeah, very much so. WFLA News Time 707. Check out a bass drummer who got stuck on a canyon wall. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's, that's, I would say that would be one of my first top three places I would not ever want to get stuck. <laughs> a canyon wall? Yeah, <laughs> I think that would be a safe bet. You've logged a little time on a slippery slope around here on the air a time or two. I certainly have. <laughs> and so have I. But I can thankfully not have never been stuck on the canyon wall, but you can check out the photo for yourself at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Alongside the Deb Meister, the Budman, through the glass running the show, our executive producer, Yaffe. Screening this morning is Bryce, 407 916 5400. If you want to join our next line of conversation on the ongoing monument madness, I've got some new polling on that and an absolutely nutso story about ESPN. Pulling a broadcaster, a play-by-play guy, off a game in Charlottesville, Virginia, because he shares the same name 
with the Confederate general around whose monument the chaos ensued a few weeks ago. You've got to be kidding. No, I'm not kidding. The story coming up from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Join us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. And we'll get right to it after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So while I was away enjoying a total eclipse of the sun up in Nashville with our family, uh, monument madness continued. This is tyranny of the minority. It's incredible to me that these iconic statues depicting a chapter in American history that is... Among the most important chapters, among the most difficult and painful in so many ways, we need to erase history. We need to wipe it off the map. All of these Confederate generals, now it's even moving into early presidents who were slave owners. This has got to go. In many cases, at the hands of a progressive liberal white mayor or a black mayor, with a couple of votes in the council, maybe, no matter what the vast majority of Americans want. This is what I talk about all the time on this show. We've got a big problem in America with tyranny of the minority. Minority rights absolutely must be protected. But tyranny of the minority needs to be called out And we don't need to put up with this. This is outrageous what's going on. You talk about what a minority-driven movement this is. The Rasmussen report that is out. They asked a hundred, rather a thousand likely voters a couple of days ago where they stood on this drive to get rid of these statues and symbols of some of our leaders of of the Confederacy during the Civil War, but also some of the most iconic figures in American history. Okay, the question, two of the four presidents honored on Mount Rushmore, that would be Washington and Jefferson, were slave owners. Should that monument be closed or changed? What do you think the people said? Ninety percent were opposed to removing the faces of Washington and Jefferson from the from Mount Rushmore. Ninety percent. When asked, should George Washington and Thomas Jefferson's names be removed from public places and statues and their honor taken down? 88% said no. Only 7% said yes. Rasmussen asked, is it better to erase the wrongs of the past or try to learn from them? The response, 94% of Americans said it is better to learn from a flawed past. That means you leave the statues up, okay? while only 4% support a policy to erase the wrongs of the past. The poll asked respondents if they are sad to see the history and culture of our great country being ripped apart with the removal of our beautiful statues and monuments. 50% agreed they were sad. I'm not sad. I'm doggone mad about this. And 37%, they actually disagreed with that. The disagree numbers, a minority, Rasmussen points out, in most subgroups, but it includes 54% of Democrats. Gee, there's a surprise. 64% of self-described liberals, 66% of people who earn more than $200,000 a year. I'm not exactly sure what that's all about, but there you go. And then we have this story, very briefly, out of ESPN. 
uh, CNN ran with it um, yesterday morning that they have a sports broadcaster does football games at the college level by the name of Robert Lee. He was supposed to do the Virginia football season opener in Charlottesville, okay, scene of that ugliness around the Robert E. Lee monument that's threatened with being removed. And they pulled him off the game and switched him to another game because his name is Robert Lee. And the president of ESPN said, well, we, we did it for his protection. What did they think was going to happen? I mean, are you kidding me? Were they going to burn down the press box with this guy in it? As Yaffe said in his primetime show last night, this is nutso. And Yaffe, you are absolutely right. This is insanity. I I really thought it was a fake story when I first saw it. Well, like, it came I out of CNN. It could have been, you know. But I couldn't believe that this was actually something that happened. <laughs> like, it's so nutso, like you said, and crazy that yeah. I, I thought it was fake at first. Yeah, the guy's going to do another game. And he says, well, he had a little bit of anxiety. But, you know, he would have done that game. I know. There's 11,000 people I was reading with the name Robert Lee in this country. <laughs> I mean, is it open season on all of them? Nobody would have cared um, if they didn't do this. It's the fact that they did it. Now there's attention to it. But 407-916-5400 on Monument Madness and ESPN Insanity. Join me. Help me out here. I mean, are we the, you know, the Lone Ranger and Tonto here? Are we the only ones who feel the way we feel? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. You got my take on the ongoing Monument Madness and this insanity with ESPN pulling that sportscaster named Robert Lee off a college game in Charlottesville, Virginia. <laughs> Bobby, good morning from Eustis. You're on with the Bud Man. How you doing, Bobby? I'm fine. I'm 82 years old. I'm ready to go, Bud Man. All right. You sound fired up. Okay. Here's what I think. The memorials and the statues are not tributes to the South or to the Confederacy. They are tributes to the men and women that died in that war. That's what that that's what the memorials are for. I agree with that a hundred percent, Bobby. And it needs to be pointed out repeatedly. I don't know how we stop the monument madness here, except that in in individual cities and towns where they have these statues from the Confederacy, okay, the people need to get together. And they need to storm City Hall in the next council meeting and demand that this not be done by executive order or by a vote of a couple of people who supposedly represent the vast majority of their constituents. They need to go there and let them know that we're not going to allow this here. We want to put it up for a vote, a referendum, before a decision of this consequence is made. We let Buddy Dyer get it away with, get it away with here in Orlando, getting rid of the Johnny Reb statue for crying out loud. And he just did it. It's outrageous. Let's go to Hector. You're in Orlando. Hello, Hector. Hey, hey, Buck. Hi. Listen, you know, I'm ashamed to say this, but uh, at least maybe 50, in fact, the percentage is so damn high, a black America believes that Lincoln was a Democrat in freedom when he was a Republican, and all those statues were created. In fact, the Confederacy is really the Democrats, and they were the ones that erected all those statues. Well, okay, now, they're, now they're bringing them down and blaming, almost blaming it. On the Republicans. Yeah, it's an, it's nuts, as we say. The whole thing is just crazy. It's outrageous. It really is. Yaffe, what about the text line? And if you've got any comment on this, of course, that's always welcome. 
Uh, yes, but on the text line, one person says the insanity of the of the left is only going to drive support for Trump. And those vandalizing and destroying any property should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And no more having the cops stand by and let them pull down a statue like they did in Durham. Even though right. they made arrests, it was after the fact and the statue was desecrated and gone. Yep. Uh, another person says Sheila Jackson Lee should resign because, well, she has Jackson and Lee in the name. So I guess. Oh, the Texas uh, black <laughs> congresswoman. I guess she should have to resign because oh. she has Jackson and Lee in her name. We can't have that. <laughs> I don't know. Is that Andy Jackson or Stonewall Jackson? Oh, they're both bad. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is making me crazy. Bryce. You were uh, grabbing a microphone. You got some thoughts on all of this? Well, yeah, you were saying, you know, we've been marched down on City Hall and tell them that we want to vote. Well, you know the media is just going to label all those people white supremacists. That's why there's no resistance, because if you resist this, you're tarred and feathered as a, as a racist. Exactly. And then you're gonna, your face is going to be all over national television. It's, is it worth it to people? And, and it isn't, unfortunately. And, and that's why all of these monuments are so vulnerable. So at the very least, at the very least, law enforcement needs to protect public property. That's what they do. They need to do it. And they're not doing it in too many places. All right? They're just not. Anyway, monument madness, the ESPN thing. Robert Lee gets pulled off the game in Virginia. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. <sighs> Deborah Roberts is with us right now to bring us the news, but uh, we're still getting a lot of calls right now as we focus on this ongoing monument madness, as I call it, and ESPN pulling a play-by-play guy named Robert Lee off a game in Charlottesville, Virginia, Deb. Yeah, well, uh, let's talk to uh, Darlene in Orlando. Good Hello. morning, Darlene. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm just wondering what ESPN must think of their viewers. They do all these um, polls. They have some idea of what their viewership is. And to think that their viewers are so incapable of hearing the name Robert Lee just speaks volumes about what they must think about their viewers. Well, just as an update, Darlene, I had seen on uh, Fox News yesterday that uh, apparently Robert Lee... The play-by-play announcer is the one who requested to be replaced because he was afraid he was going to be turned into an Internet meme. Now, what I heard was he was open to being replaced. That You, you have that he actually asked to be replaced, that asked, and that's he, where this started? Yeah, he didn't want to. He saw the connection between his name. He thought he's going to end up as an Internet meme, and he just thought, let's just reduce the stress in my life. Just let me call another game. It's getting crazy, well, isn't it, Darlene? It is absolutely insane. I, I feel bad for the guy if he had to worry about that. But yeah, I do too. Thank you, Darlene, very much. Great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. But such is the case with uh, social media and the worldwide madness. Absolutely right. And um, very, very definitely a day of sadness here in Central Florida. Where friends, family, and colleagues and law enforcement will attend today's funeral services for two slain Kissimmee police officers. Officer Matthew Baxter and Sergeant Sam Howard died after being shot in the line of duty last Friday night. A funeral procession this morning will be followed by services at 11 a.m. at First Baptist of Orlando on South John Young Parkway. Governor Rick Scott has ordered flags to be flown at half-staff at the Osceola County Courthouse, the Kissimmee Police Department, and Kissimmee City Hall to honor Baxter and Howard. And the City of Kissimmee administrative offices will be closed to the public today to allow all employees to attend those services. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Select Arby's restaurants are going medieval, bud. 
to mark the season finale of HBO's Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's a hot show, it big is. time. Yeah. The chain known for its roast beef sandwiches will be serving up smoked turkey legs Sunday for $5.99 each. <laughs> now, what's interesting is Arby's isn't even partnering with HBO for this promotion, but it's still running ads with the slogan, Turkey is Coming. A clear, a clear play on the hit fantasy show's catchphrase, Winter is Coming. Ah. The one-pound drumsticks, unfortunately, will be available at Arby's locations only in Los Angeles, Denver, Phoenix, Seattle, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta. We're not on the list. We're not anywhere on the list. Nowhere in Florida. You know, I remember the old attraction down on iDrive, King Henry's Feast. You oh, remember that? yeah. And they used to have the medieval theme, you know, and King Henry VIII was there. And they served up these giant turkey drumsticks, the likes of which I don't think I've had since. And. <laughs> And I guess that's what they're doing. You say one-pound drumstick. One-pound drumstick for five ninety nine. I remember when that used to be one of the big attractions at the Magic Kingdom was to walk around with that great big turkey drumstick. While oh, that's you're... right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Haven't seen those in a while. Interesting. Californians can now get marijuana in their beer, and coming soon, beer in their marijuana. Petaluma's Lagunitas Brewery is teaming up with Santa Rosa's Canacraft, which makes cannabis products for a limited time and only in California. Lagunitas is selling what it calls supercritical ale, which contains terpenes. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. An ingredient in cannabis without the THC that triggers the marijuana high. But in a few weeks, and with Lagunitas' help, Canacraft plans to roll out a hops-infused marijuana vapor that will have a beer-like aroma and will contain THC. I see some trouble coming here, Deb Meister. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think it sounds nasty. <laughs> it sure does. And finally, if the previous two shows are any indication, those wanting to attend the Museum of Ice Cream in San Francisco need oh. to get their tickets now. Yeah. The pop-up show begins September 17th for a limited run. No closing date has been announced, but the museum celebrates the joys of ice cream. It features a sprinkle pool, a Pop Rocks cave, a cherry on top sky, a candy garden, and push pop art. Ooh. Sounds like Candyland brought to life. This is the ice cream museum. Yes. Show me to the chocolate chip mint wing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your favorite? I'll be right behind you. Um, anything that's with ice cream. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> doesn't matter. You're not discriminating. Matter, but I do like a mint chocolate chip. Yeah, good Praline stuff. Praline and cream. Uh, that's good. Butter pecan. I'm liking that. Butter almond. Anything okay. with chocolate. Oh. Tickets are $38. The museum is located at uh, 1 Grant Street in San Francisco. But let's see if we can bring it to the city beautiful. It might be Florida where ice cream melts, but... Yeah, but they got that new stuff you told us about a week or two ago. They're making in Italy or someplace it is meltless ice cream. It yeah. doesn't melt or something? A couple of Japanese scientists. That's Jap Japanese, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Good idea, bud. Deb Meister, thank you so much. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts, my co-host and partner here on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch, bringing you all the news, top and bottom of the hour, all morning long, and good morning, Orlando, and, of course, whenever news breaks. So there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, this uh, President Trump thing isn't working out too well. I wonder if some other Republican will hit him with a primary challenge in 2020 and take the nomination. We have a little bit of polling on that. How do you think Trump would do against the likes of Mike Pence, Ted Cruz, John Kasich? I think these numbers will surprise you as much as they surprised me. Coming up, we'll have that in Orlando's News Weather and Traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Normally, I would... Go out of my way to avoid 
mentioning any polling by the left-leaning public policy polling operation. You have to believe, though, if they could stick it to Trump in a poll, they would do it. And the fact that these results on a possible primary challenge to Trump for the 2020 Republican nomination came down as they did makes this particular public policy poll worth mentioning, I think. And I think you will agree. You listen to the ATM machine on this show, that's short for the anti-Trump media machine, you would believe that not only the Democrats hate Trump and stonewall him at every chance they get, and they want him out, they're going to try to impeach him if they can figure out a way to get that done. Lots of luck with a Republican-controlled Congress. However, there are a lot of Republicans. You continually hear about them, and they're saying, we don't like Trump, and, you know, Ryan doesn't like him, McConnell doesn't like him, they're arguing, they're feuding. Others are saying this guy's a complete disaster. We got to get somebody else in here is the clear implication. So let's let's do a poll, which is what public policy polling, left-leaning though they are, did. And they put up some big names as primary challengers for Trump in 2020. I found these numbers to be astounding and revealing of just how much stronger Trump is than the ATM machine would ever want you to believe. Listen to this. Would you like the Republican candidate for president to be Mike Pence over Donald Trump? Who would you vote for if that was the choice? Trump 52, Pence 24, 23, not sure. Wow. Mike Pence is highly regarded. Looks and sounds presidential all the time. He doesn't even get half the support that Trump does. It's mythical, of course, but it's very interesting, isn't it? It really surprised me. So if the Republican candidate for president in 2020 were Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, who would you vote for? Trump 62, Cruz 22, not sure 17. So how about we put the Ohio governor, John Kasich, up? If the Republican candidates for president in 2020 were Donald Trump and John Kasich, who would you vote for? Trump 68, Kasich 21, not sure 11. Yaffe, I find that stunning, coming from what would have to be an anti-Trump-biased public policy polling organization acknowledged universally, even by them, to be left-leaning. Isn't that stunning to see how Trump performs and a mythical primary challenge from some of the big names in the Republican Party. Well, you're exactly right that if you watched uh, CNN or MSNBC or read the New York Times or the Washington Post, you would think there's absolutely no chance that Trump's even going to be able to run again in 2020, Except much less win a primary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That being said, I will say this. What's that? Those numbers are pretty low, probably compared to past presidents, I would think. I have no idea. I don't have any reference to that. I can tell uh, you. I just can't imagine, you know, if people were polled after George Bush won the first time, yeah. if he was primaried, and you had over 20% want to vote for someone else yeah. other than the current candidate, maybe, the current but president. Maybe, but if you're following the anti-Trump media machine right now, you'd believe that Trump would lose every single one of these right now. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, they're, those media outlets are saying Trump's not going to even make it through his first term. That's how crazy they've become. Yep, you bet. 
758 on the 50,000 watt front porch. of Budman back here from seeing the family and watching the total eclipse of the sun up in the Nashville, Tennessee area with my wife Linda for a couple of days. It was absolutely incredible, amazing. And we talked about it earlier. We're moving on to other things right now. And um, stay tuned for that. Uh, Deborah Roberts will set the table for everything we do here by updating the news at 8 o'clock on Central Florida, saying goodbye today to those two slain police officers. And she'll have remembrances of Hurricane Andrew that devastated South Florida 25 years ago. This very minute it was happening. And stay tuned right after Deb with the news. We got our texting contest. And you need to listen for the key word coming up right after Deb does the news. And when you hear the key word, you text it. Okay? Follow the instructions. You can win a trip to Las Vegas on us for the fabulous iHeartRadio Music Festival with all the top acts on the planet in late September. That is coming up right after Deb with the news. And coming up in prime time tonight... Yaffe will be taking your calls and text messages and giving you his take on what's going on locally, nationally, internationally, possibly intergalactically. Yaffe, when are you on tonight here on WFLA? I am on 8 to 10 p.m. tonight. That's it? Yeah, we, we're late for a break, bud. <laughs> Are we? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Good morning, Trying Orlando. Trying to be quick. <laughs> all right. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. It's 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Thursday at 8 o'clock as we give you our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Central Florida says goodbye to two slain heroes and remembering Hurricane Andrew. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And my bottom line on why Kaepernick can't get a job in the NFL. Coming up next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. The law enforcement community, family, friends, and the community at large will pay their respects today to two Kissimmee police officers who were shot and killed in the line of duty. Funeral services for 36 year old Sergeant uh, Sam Howard and 27 year old Officer Matthew Baxter will begin at 11 a.m. at First Baptist Church in Orlando. Baxter and Howard were fatally shot on Friday night in Kissimmee in an area known for drug activity. Lynx will be operating a special bus route to help people commute to the service. Then tonight, there will be a candlelight vigil held on Dakin Avenue and Broadway Street from 8 to 8.30 p.m. Friday, the downtown Kissimmee businesses will hold another fundraiser on the same block of Dakin and Broadway, just like they did last night. And again, from 6 to 10 p.m., there's going to be vendors, raffles, music, and more. All of the proceeds will go to the fallen officers' families. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is declaring a state of disaster for 30 counties as Tropical Depression Harvey takes a Tropical Storm Harvey rather takes aim at the Lone Star State. Abbott says he's taken the preemptive action today to help Texans prepare in case of an emergency, and an emergency is exactly what they are expecting. The National Weather Service has issued a hurricane warning for the region between Galveston and Victoria. Meanwhile, officials in Houston are preparing for heavy rains and possible street flooding. Forecasters say the storm is gaining strength in the Gulf, and they're expecting it to be a hurricane before it makes landfall sometime tomorrow or Saturday. The Texas Gulf Coast and inland areas are going to be measuring rainfall in the feet. 
Today marks 25 years since Hurricane Andrew made landfall in South Florida and changed the lives of those who lived through it. Andrew became only the third Category 5 hurricane to make landfall in the United States when it swept across the South Miami-Dade neighborhoods of Kendall and Country Walk during the late night hours of Sunday, August 24, 1992. And Dennis Feltkin of the National Hurricane Center says Andrew proved that a quote-unquote slow hurricane season can produce a catastrophic storm and that these storms can ramp up quickly. This was a storm that just a couple of days before looked like it was going to completely dissipate thanks to some dry air and some wind shear, but it made a comeback. And as a classic example of a problem we still face today, and that's forecasting rapid intensification. It went from a mild-mannered tropical storm to a Category 5 hurricane in less than two days. And the storm's 165-mile-per-hour winds and 18-foot storm surge demolished hundreds of homes and businesses and prompted the Sunshine State to create some of the most stringent building codes in the country for new construction. 26 people died in the Bahamas, Florida, and Louisiana when the storm dissipated. And as if the loss of life weren't bad enough, Andrew caused $26 billion in damage to South Florida. Meanwhile, a tropical disturbance continues to produce showers and thunderstorms that we need to keep our eye on as it stretches across the Bahamas, South Florida, and adjacent waters. The National Hurricane Center in Miami says there could be slow development of the system as it drifts northward over Florida during the next few days. No matter what, though, forecasters say very heavy rain and flooding are likely. The National Weather Service puts the chances of rain in the southern part of the state at 70 to 90 percent through the rest of the week. And depending on what the system does from Orlando eastward all the way to the beaches, we could be looking at a very, very rainy Friday, Saturday, Sunday, possibly maybe even into Monday. Well, I'll tell you what, um, that's not good news on a number of fronts, but we'll keep an eye on it, particularly, you know, with the remote possibility that this thing fires up. We've already had one storm fool the forecasters coming in off the west coast of Florida earlier this season. So we need to be careful. And uh... Very much so. And just like Emily proved in this season and Andrew proved back in 1992, what is sitting off the southwest coast of Florida is still sitting over 85, 86 degree water in the Atlantic. If it sweeps across south Florida and ends up in the eastern Gulf of Mexico, 85 to 86 degree uh, waters in yeah. the Gulf. And it is expected to kind of come across South Florida, do a loop-de-loop, cross back over Central Florida, and end up back into the eastern Atlantic. But, of course, this all depends on how fastly Hurricane or Harvey ramps up because it could end up uh, affecting that storm that's sitting off of our coast. Yeah, well, it's that time of year as we yes, head for is. the statistical peak of the hurricane season on the 10th of September. We're not far out, are we? No, we're not. And, uh, you know, if you were here, I'm sure you remember the lessons of Andrew, and if, uh, if not— uh, here in Central Florida, Hurricane Charlie, certainly. Charlie, followed by Francis and Jean in six weeks in the unforgettable season of 04. And yep. even even this season with Emily caused a lot more uh, destruction and a, a lot more damage than folks had expected yep. from what had been called just a few hours earlier, just a low pressure in the Gulf. Mm-hmm. WFLA News Time, it's 8.08. And you can read about DNA evidence saving a man from execution with only hours to spare at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. And we're glad you're with us on the 50,000 watt front porch. I got something to say, and I'd love to get your reaction to it. Something to say to these pro Kaepernick protesters outside NFL headquarters yesterday on why their guy can't get a job playing quarterback in the National Football League. 
The bottom line is the bottom line. I'll explain in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. As you might well agree, if you're a regular, I'm a simple man. And please tell me if I've oversimplified the problem that Colin Kaepernick is having getting a job again as a National Football League quarterback. Yesterday, I watched perhaps a thousand protesters, pro Kaepernick protesters, outside National Football League headquarters in Midtown Manhattan, New York City, leading the way, the NCAA. They have written a letter to the NFL. They're demanding a meeting about this. They believe that Kaepernick is being blackballed, discriminated against, and that it's just not right. And the NFL needs to do something about it and somehow force Kaepernick onto one of the 32 teams in the NFL before the start of the season. Here's in part what that letter says. Last season, Mr. Kaepernick chose to exercise his First Amendment rights by protesting the inequitable treatment of people of color in America. By quietly taking a knee during the national anthem, he was able to shine a light on the many injustices, particularly the disproportionate occurrences of police misconduct toward communities of color. As outlined in your office's public statement, this act of dissent is well within the National Football League stated bylaws. Yet, as the NFL season quickly approaches, Mr. Kaepernick has spent an unprecedented amount of time as a free agent, and it is becoming increasingly apparent that there is, this is no sheer coincidence. No player should be victimized and discriminated against because of his exercise of free speech. To do so is in violation of his rights under the Constitution and the NFL's own regulations. The NFL says, we'll meet with you sometime, but we weren't going to meet with you in the middle of that protest yesterday. You know, we need to just take the race card out of this story about Colin Kaepernick. I don't care what color this man is. He is bad for business, and that is why he is not being hired by any of the NFL teams, okay? He is good enough to play quarterback, but he is bad for business. NFL ratings went down 8% last year. Most of the polling says it was his unpatriotic protest. They don't want him on their team. They don't want to deal with how it will alienate their patriotic fan base to have a guy who made it his cause celeb to disrespect the national anthem and take a knee when it was played and sung. They don't want to deal with that. They want to please their customers. And the polling shows that the vast number of of people who go to the stadiums to watch the games live and those who watch them by the millions on television didn't like what Kaepernick did. They resented it. They hated it. They disagree with it. They didn't respect it. They didn't want to see it. And they turned away. The NFL is a profit-making business. They're not going to do anything that they believe is bad for business. Colin Kaepernick is bad for business, but it gets worse. Internally, do you want a guy in your locker room who will be remembered for wearing socks depicting cops as pigs, wearing Castro T-shirts at news conferences? And more and more, with all that's going on in this country right now and all this division, Football fans want a total escape from politics. They don't want to see Kaepernick and be reminded of him and others like him who disrespect the national anthem and the flag of this country and fly in the face of the way most fans of this game feel. 
The bottom line is he can't get a job, not because he can't play quarterback well enough. He's not not getting a job because he's black. He's not getting a job because he's bad for business. That's it. Am I right or wrong? 407-916-5400. And I've got something more to say on a personal note in a moment. 407-916-5400. Do I have it right on Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick's good enough to play quarterback again in the National Football League, but he can't get a job, not because he's black. He can't get a job because he turned off too many customers and he's bad for business with his protest and taking a knee for the Star Spangled Banner. He can do it, but decisions like this, they have consequences in our lives, don't they? doesn't matter how good a broadcaster I am. It doesn't matter how good you are at your job. If you do something to turn off customers and hurt the bottom line, you will not be working where you're working. If I do something that causes our audience to disappear or diminish greatly, it doesn't matter how good a broadcaster I am. I will not be before this microphone on WFLA radio. Because I would be bad for business, just like Colin is. Take the race card out of this thing for crying out loud. That's the bottom line, and the bottom line is the bottom line. And Colin Kaepernick not being hired again to Winter Springs and Andrew with a Budman. Do I have it right or wrong? You have it absolutely right, Bud, man. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm in sales and marketing for crying out loud. If I went out there and started saying and doing the wrong things in the field, I'd be out of a job in a week. No one is entitled to be employed by anybody. If this guy wants to go and spurt, you know, crazy stuff off of his mouth, take a knee during the national anthem, put your own money on the line, go start your own company, period. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And Yaffe, what are our listeners saying on the text line? Getting a bunch of people, bud, that agree with you. One person says, yes, bud, I agree. He is bad for business. He's bad for business in two ways. He disrespects the flag and the national anthem, and he's a lousy quarterback, just in case anyone didn't notice. He's good enough to play backup quarterback for many, many teams. That's not the issue here, and the issue isn't that he's black. But they feel like these groups like the NAACP and many others who were a part of this big protest yesterday on Kaepernick's behalf, that if they can if they can play the race card, they can guilt trip the NFL into pressuring a team to put this guy on the roster. Because nobody wants to, well, I'm not a racist. Let me prove it by hiring Colin Kaepernick. That, 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 that's what the end game is here. That's what's going on. Whew. There, the phones are on fire. Am I taking Colin Kaepernick? He's good enough to play quarterback. It's not a racial issue that he can't get a job in the NFL. He's turned off too many of the customers, too many of the fans, and he's bad for business. To me, it is as simple as that. And I think Dawn from Altamont Springs would agree with you, Bud. Good morning, Dawn. Uh, good morning. Yes, I um, completely agree with you. Um, while he does have um, equal rights and equal opportunity in free speech, he also has the right to be equally held accountable for his words and his actions. No company is going to stay in business when someone is detrimental to their profits. And um, this is a perfect example of people that want to go around and say what they want to do, and they're never held accountable. They can act like a crazy person, and they want to claim free speech. Well, I'm so glad that the NFL is not foolish enough to keep someone that would be a detriment to the well-being 
of their business. Yeah, because it all comes down to money. And it would cost them too much money. So this is is the free marketplace uh, weighing in. Yep. So I agree. That's right. Thanks, Dawn. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate you being with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Uh, of of much greater consequences and and uh, consequence and a and in a very sad note um, today we say goodbye to two of Central Florida's finest cut down in their prime. Yeah, hearts are heavy today and traffic is busy this morning as Central Florida prepares to say goodbye to two fallen heroes. Kissimmee Police Officer Matthew Baxter and Sergeant Sam Howard died after being shot in the line of duty last Friday night. Their funeral services will be at 11 o'clock this morning at First Baptist Church of Orlando on South John Young Parkway. Their funeral procession is currently underway. Just want to let you know, if you are not able to make it to today's funeral service, but you'd like to do something for this fallen officers and their families, there is an account that has been set up by the city of Kissimmee at SunTrust Bank. There are also two GoFundMe pages that have been set up, but the Kissimmee uh, SunTrust is the official account where they are accepting donations. And in lieu of flowers, the Kissimmee Police Department asks that you do make a donation to these officers' family, both of whom left uh, two wives and five children. Mm. Um, Officer Baxter, uh, who is only 27 years old, his wife is a detective with the Kissimmee Police Department. He has four children, all of whom under the age of five. His youngest child is uh, seven months old. Sergeant Howard had a 17-year-old daughter who had her birthday, I believe it was on Tuesday. It also happened to be her first day on the job at the public supermarket where she worked, and a whole group of law enforcement came and brought her a cake, and she told the crowd, my daddy was so proud when I got this job that the last thing I was going to do was not show up on my first day of work. So it's her first day of work, Mm. her 17th birthday, and she had just lost her father three days before. I'm really glad you're personalizing all of this because... You know, it's heartbreaking to hear, but this is the reality of what happened. This is the reality, but the rea- the other side of that reality is that uh, so kudos to the Kissimmee community, oh, yeah. the entire community in Osceola County. It's spread, of course, elsewhere, but they have really rallied around their own in showing that they back the blue. There's going to be a candlelight vigil tonight on Dakin and Broadway Street in Kissimmee, as well as another fundraiser tomorrow night. A lot of downtown Kissimmee businesses coming together to raise those funds to take care of these officers and their families and let them know that they have not been forgotten. Amen to that. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Well, with a little bit of time we have left, but I want to let someone out there know that the perfect job is out there for those who love kids and enjoy a lot of traveling. Yeah. A wealthy family is looking for an experienced nanny to keep up with their children. Now, the nanny who gets this job is going to be expected to fly, expected to fly up to three times a week as the family keeps four homes, London, Barbados, Cape Town, South Africa, Atlanta. Sound good so far? Mm. Well, we haven't even gotten to the benefits yet. The job comes with perks, namely a $128,000 salary. Wow. Meals prepared by a Michelin star chef. And access to the family's fleet of high-end vehicles, including a Porsche, Range Rover, and Maserati. Man, oh, man. But it's not just about a jet-setting lifestyle, driving luxury cars and fine dining. It's a demanding job, entails supervising four kids at all times, chauffeuring them to daily appointments and running errands. The family wrote in a job advertisement, quote, we are looking for a highly qualified nanny who has a degree in child psychology, no children of their own, and a minimum of 15 years of nannying experience. That's not all. Mm Hmm? The family wants the nanny to be trained in self-defense and is willing to pay to train the right candidate. Wow. 
Yeah. 128K a year to be a nanny. How many moms out there would love to know they were going to get 128K a year for yeah. taking care of four kids, chauffeuring them to all of their daily appointments right. and running errands? You got you got a lot of them right now <laughs> dreaming while they drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wake up now. Come on. Yep. It's time to join the 50,000 watt front porch. Come Everybody on. up. Yeah. Come back now. Oh, as well, I'm sure there's lots of moms who'd like to have a meal prepared by a Michelin star chef. I should think so. Yeah, I would think so. Not I'm not even sure I know what that is, but it sounds awfully good. Yes, it does. <laughs> and very expensive as well. There you go. Thanks, Deb. <laughs> You're welcome, Bud. Deborah Roberts with our news top and bottom of the hour whenever it breaks. And it's good to have you back, Bud Man. I know you took in the total solar eclipse while you're with your family in Nashville. Yeah. Mike Yaffe and Mark Logos, of course, always do a great job in your absence, but it's good to have the team back to full prescription strength. Thank you, Deb Meister. I do appreciate that, and I appreciate Yaffe and Mark as well. We continue with Dr. Kronhaus and his weekly house call, breaking health and medical news, something that uh, I never knew about avocados that I think we need to listen to, and uh, a warning about young people using those e-cigarettes. It's Dr. K on the 50,000-watt front porch next. Don't miss it as we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. An update coming your way in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. My doctor from Lake Cardiology, the best in the business, and a good friend personally and a great friend of the program. And, Doc, it's always great to have you with us. Good Thursday morning. Great to be with you, bud. Got a little bit of a warning for um, for moms and dads who have kids. Uh you know, they're saying, well, if they're going to smoke, I'd rather that they smoked e-cigarettes. They need to listen to this, right? At a tobacco control this week, exactly. For those who already smoke, e-cigarettes seem to be a safer option. However, Bud, the news this week is that for those who do not smoke, using e-cigarettes dramatically increases the probability of smoking a cigarette within a year. For teenagers who have never smoked, the use of e-cigarettes is a strong predictor that within 12 months, they will try a conventional cigarette. So watch the teens. Boy, absolutely right on that score. Yeah. And, you know, all of these vitamin supplements out there, you know, there are sometimes people question whether or not they do all that much good, but they feel confident that these supplements don't do any harm. Well, maybe they do. What's the story here? Journal of Clinical Oncology this week. Maybe they do because men and especially male smokers appear to be more likely to develop lung cancer, but if they take high doses of vitamins B6 and B12 for men taking these vitamin supplements, the risk of lung cancer was nearly doubled. For men who smoked, the risk was between three and four times higher. So what's a high dose? Vitamin B6 in this study was 20 milligrams or more. Vitamin B12 was 55 micrograms or more. If you just take a multivitamin, you're not going to get near this. This is for people who take a separate B12 supplement or B6 supplement. Do you have any idea what there would be a link to lung cancer risk on this, Doc? You're just feeding the fueling the fire. Wow, it's incredible. I guess too much of a good thing. Boy, that's pretty, pretty scary. And you know, all kinds of warnings out when we had the eclipse earlier this week um, and how damaging it can be to your vision. And apparently... Um, 
uh, you know, an awful lot of folks didn't heed the warnings, and uh, maybe you can help them. It's real. People who did not bud use specialized glasses to view the eclipse this past Monday and are experiencing blurry vision, light sensitivity, or headaches, they should visit an ophthalmologist, an eye doctor, as soon as possible because you may have damaged your eyes, unfortunately. Again, some of the symptoms of an unhealthy eye full of the sun's rays they include blurry vision, holes or spots in vision, light sensitivity, pain or headaches since viewing the eclipse. Don't panic, but just get some reassurance, get checked out, get this watch, see if you need follow-up. You know, I was out of town um, seeing the total eclipse of the sun with our family that lives up in the Nashville, Tennessee area, and we had the, the glasses, and it was spectacular to look through them, the ones that are dark and approved, not the phony counterfeit ones that are out there that were so dangerous. But the, the point at which I found it to be very risky was um, when, when you would look at it when it was total, Doc, and uh-huh. then all of a sudden the sun peaked out on the side, the diamond ring effect, and it was super bright. And, and if you didn't get the glasses on immediately, and, and I was a little late with that, and it really bothered me for a while. So I can understand what you're talking about. Exactly. Here. Yep. Finally, before you go, Doc, Deb and I are wondering exactly where you're headed with this story because we both love avocados. Your headline you gave us before the show without further explanation, the healthiest part of an avocado may get thrown away. Go ahead. Exactly. These are very healthy. I'm glad you're addicted to them. This is American Chemical Society meeting just this week. We know the avocado bud has many health benefits. The yellow-green flesh inside the fruit, it's packed with essential vitamins and nutrients, and it's a good source of healthy fats. But the news this week is that a part of the avocado that's normally thrown in the trash may actually be the most valuable. The husks of avocado seeds, they're packed with previously unrecognized compounds that may be valuable new medicines in the future. Now, wait a minute. Are you not talking about that pit in the middle that's not hard as a rock, are you? That's what I'm talking about. That's you, well, how do you? Well, it, it'll break your you break your teeth if you I'm try not, to chew on it. I'm not recommending that you eat it, but it's been discovered <laughs> that inside are all these uh, uh, compounds that are going to be future medications. I'll be doggone for maybe, heart disease and cancer. Maybe you can grate it or something. Maybe that would work. Well, I guess the folks at the American Chemical Society—that's what they do all day. All right, I'll tell you what, I'm going home. I have an avocado this morning, and I'm going to see if I can do business with that pit. Doc, always a pleasure. Great having you with us on the weekly house call here, only on Good Morning Orlando. Have a wonderful day. Be well and don't choke on it. All right, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. My friend, my heart doctor, Ken Kronhaus from Lake Cardiology, saving lives every day. He's an amazing doctor. He gives so much personal attention to every patient. He just has endless knowledge and compassion. And he's got the best in heart care technology embodied in his BudScan 2.0 heart scan that most insurance will cover. Might save your life or the life of someone you love. Connect with him. Book an appointment. You'll see what I'm talking about. Dr. K's office, 352-735-1400, 352-735-1400. Catch Doc in his nationally syndicated radio program we proudly carry here every Sunday on WFLA. Sunday afternoons at 2, right here. You listen to... Good Day Health with Dr. Ken, and you will love it. In a moment, we've got more callers who want to sound off on my take on the reality of why Colin Kaepernick has not been hired as a quarterback by any team in the National Football League. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with his capabilities. 
He's good enough to play backup quarterback for anybody. He is simply bad for business. Period. Do I have it right? 407-916-5400 on our hottest topic of the morning. Text line 23680. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic update at a final time here in Good Morning Orlando. I'll do that in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You know, if we would all just go simultaneously colorblind on the Colin Kaepernick issue, we'd understand what's really going on here. Instead of trying to cloud this with race and use race as a lever to get the National Football League to hire somebody, some team to hire Colin Kaepernick to be their quarterback or their backup, okay? It's nothing to do with discrimination against him because he's black. It has to do with he turned off too many customers of the NFL, fans, attendance, ratings rather in TV, down 8% last year. People turned off at the games at seeing a player not stand for the national anthem. Now we got a bunch of others who aren't doing it either. This is, a, I mean, if, if, if he was as white as Tom Brady, for crying out loud, the problem would be the same. The National Football League is a business. They don't want somebody who turns away customers for their business. And they're not going to hire him on that basis. He had his right to make the decision, Yaffe. First Amendment rights of free expression are decisions in life. Whatever they are, have consequences. Mr. Kaepernick is now experiencing that. Well, yeah, and there were polls that were released that showed that a lot of people turn it off for that reason. Yes. That was a big reason. Yeah. Socks that depict cops as pigs. Castro T-shirts at news conferences. That turns off the patriotic fan base in this country. Exactly right. Period. It's a business The bottom line is the bottom line, and that's why Kaepernick is not getting a job. Texters, what are they saying? Uh, Yes, bud. Most people agree with you. There's one person who doesn't, though. Can't imagine. He says if he was good enough to be worth the headache, he'd be playing. He's not getting a job because he isn't good enough to play QB in the NFL. Mm, Disagree with that. he's got it wrong, bud man. I disagree with that. I think he is good enough. All right. Uh, I, I really do. Th- I, I think he's absolutely good enough. The other issues are they don't want that division in the in the um, in the locker room. You got a lot of Patriots, not not the team, but I mean patriotic people who play in this game who don't like what he represents, and that you're going to have division on the team, and they don't want that kind of dissension. It destroys cohesion in the team, and it hurts their performance on the field. And it's a giant distraction. Yeah. What about it? You got a quick comment there, Bryce? Well, yeah, I've been reading that he's actually turning down contracts. He wants more money. Well, if you make a mistake at work, sometimes you got to take, you know, the fall and then work yourself back up to the big money. Yeah. You well, know, you just got to take a hit. We'll see how it plays out. We'll follow it for you. Hey, uh, isn't it wonderful here on WFLA Radio? But it can be even better. No matter where you are on earth, you can get a crystal clear signal with iHeartRadio or the iHeartRadio app. Download it. It's absolutely free. You will be amazed. Stay tuned for the news with Deb at the top of the hour, followed by your opportunity in the first hour of Glenn Beck to catch the key word of the day and text it to win a trip to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival coming up in late September. Catch Yaffe. He'll be on tonight taking your calls with his Beyond Reason primetime show from 8 until 10. Check out the website, the podcast, or the whole show. Go to 1025WFLA.com. Click on the Good Morning Orlando tab at the top of the page. Great to be back with you from my Total Eclipse experience in Nashville. See you tomorrow morning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.